As a listener to Intelligent Medicine, you know that fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA, and DHA that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint, and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega supplement option. Vital Nutrients' line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of Ultra Pure Omega-3 Solutions. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's part two of our weekly Q&A where we answer your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. We mentioned that enough during this uh, We have to mention it, we'll yes. We'll mention it again just yes, to remind because people. because we really appreciate your questions. Yeah, and they're great questions mm-hmm. and uh, thought-provoking and uh, you know, it gives us a sense of interacting with our audience, which we always enjoy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, if you want, send us your send us your favorite or least favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, we enjoy comments too, uh, even critiques. Yeah. Uh, you know, just keep it clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so, Layla, have, what's our next one? Yeah, we've got a question from Susan. I have high cholesterol. My doctor wants me to go on a statin. What natural way can this be addressed? Okay. So this is, uh, excuse me, Susan, but this is the wrong question. Is, you know, the supposition is you have high cholesterol and your doctor wants you to go on a statin. Because high cholesterol is bad. Because high cholesterol is bad. And uh, then you, then, uh, as a lot of people do, they say, well, so ergo, what can I do to lower my cholesterol to make my doctor happy naturally? Because I don't want to go on a drug. Yeah, yeah. And, but let's back up a couple of steps. Number one, uh, studies have shown that high cholesterol, even high LDL cholesterol, is not associated with the most important thing, I think you would agree, Leila, yes. is the risk of dying. Yes. Right? So cardiovascular disease notwithstanding, mm-hmm. uh, your risk of dying is lower when your cholesterol is in the range of about uh, 200 to 240, mm-hmm. roughly. You know, that's what studies show. Uh, mine is in that range, mm-hmm. but that is a range where is a you know, middle-aged or past middle-aged male, uh, I would be an excellent candidate for a statin. Mm. But then you have to look at other factors. What's your HDL? What are your triglycerides? Those are two well, very important numbers. And the let's look at your LDL particle size. Yes. Is it large or small? Right. Let's look at your ApoB, which is a very strong determinant of cardiovascular risk. And then let's look at you. Are you overweight, sedentary? Yes. Is your blood sugar high? Mm. Do you have metabolic syndrome? Mm-hmm. Do you have high blood pressure? Have you developed uh, diabetes? Have you? 
those four conditions that you just mentioned, Dr. Hoffman, fatty liver, are the things that will cause the cracks in the coronary arteries where then superhero cholesterol Mm -hmm. comes out to make a repair. Right. Which... Why are we blaming the repair guy? Right. However, it is unquestionable that in people who have a lot of plaque... Yes. And I, see, I got to push we back against some of these people saying, no we way, no how should you ever take a statin. Yeah. Uh, it, they're going to kill you. Uh, studies actually do not uh, indicate that uh, statins are associated with lower longevity or increase the risk of dying, uh, especially in people who need them. Mm. You know, who, who who've really, had a heart attack. Who've had a, or have plaque. So give me an example. Yeah. I, I had a guy come in. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about, but it's just unlike an anonymous. Guy comes in. He comes in because his wife is a really happy patient. She's lost a lot of weight. She's turned her health around. She feels great. Mm-hmm. So she wants the husband to come in. Well, husband's more like a typical male. He's like a macho guy. He doesn't care. He's gained a lot of weight. He hasn't been to a doctor in like 20 years. Yeah. She wants him to see me. So he kind of grudgingly, you know, comes in. And we do his first blood test in years. And his cholesterol is sky high. Yeah. And his ratio is not good. Mm. And he's overweight. Yeah. And it's not so good. So I go, you should get a coronary artery scan to see yes. if you if this high cholesterol actually EBT has EBT scan, right? Because it sometimes doesn't. Mm-hmm. But in this guy, he was very likely to have had some plaque. Yeah. Because of all these risk factors together. Yes. I... The test for this woman is to get this coronary artery. So anyway, I sent him for that. So he calls me up today and he says, Doc, I just want to know if you still want me to get that coronary artery uh, calcium score. I said, well, what happened? He says, well, I developed atrial fibrillation since I came in. And so I went, I was hospitalized. The doctor said, well, go to the hospital and take care of you. So they fixed it with medication and they gave him a blood thinner, which is the appropriate treatment. Mm -hmm. But then he went to a cardiologist. Mm -hmm. And... By the way, this guy hadn't been on a statin yeah. ever. I said, well, no doctor told you to go on a statin? He goes, I haven't been to a doctor. You're the first doctor I've seen in like you know, you know, yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah. He says, I've had a couple of injuries, but they never checked my cholesterol. Um, so, so I said, well, did the cardiologist tell you to go on a statin? And he goes, no. The cardiologist did a stress test and found that I, it's likely I have a blocked artery. Wow. And he's going to do an angiogram. I said, well, then you don't need an EBT heart scan because the angiogram is more invasive. It's actually going to tell us if you really have blockage. Right. That's like a more... And they'll stent them. Then they'll stent him, right. Uh, And I said, and then it is highly likely that the doctor will put you on a statin, which I will agree. Absolutely. Which I will agree. Yeah. So that's a case where it's highly indicated. Yeah. A woman... Mm-hmm. Especially somebody who's a health nut who listens to intelligent medicine uh-huh. and is merely told she has high cholesterol. I'm kind of dubious about whether she really needs a statin, but yeah. I cannot say definitively with that with that information that's exactly. being provided. Exactly. Um, so I'm not going to go to step two, right? Which is like, what should I do to lower lower the cholesterol that she? It's not clear she needs to lower. Exactly. But if she did need to lower her cholesterol, I would say use a statin. Yeah. Because statins have ancillary benefits besides lowering cholesterol. They have anti-inflammatory effects. And you can take red yeast rice. But that's a statin. But that's a statin. I, I do have do one bone to pick. That, that several of the most popular drugs mm-hmm. 
that are that are around are actually natural medicines. Statins, which were derived originally from red yeast rice, mm-hmm. which is available as a supplement. Uh, rapamycin, which is an immune uh, for suppressant. No, rapamycin what? is for uh, preventing organ rejection, but it's also an oh. anti-aging compound, wow. otherwise known as sirolimus. Uh-huh. And uh, metformin, which is actually uh, a copycat of goat's rue, wow. which is an herb, uh-huh. and it's one of the most highly prescribed uh, medications in the world, yeah. and may have anti-aging properties. Yeah. I have one bone to pick with statins. You need more CoQ10 yep. because it decimates CoQ10 yes, it does. production. And it also messes with vitamin K. It does. Whereby it may contribute possibly to some calcification. So the we use always, of statins we always, in women we also put, may cause more diabetes than it in does. men. It does. It does. Yeah, so, so we, so these we are have things to, be, to take into We have to be very selective about that. But, right. But you know, when you net it out... In people who are high risk, the benefits outweigh the risk. There's nothing yeah. you undertake in life that's not a risk-benefit equation. Right. You know, you go to work in the morning. Uh, you have a slight risk of getting in an automobile accident or getting uh, shot in a... On the know, subway. In a, yeah, in a, in a subway or... <laughs> or, or, or mugged or, or, or assaulted or... Something. Yeah, or, you know, just yeah. in a drive-by shooting that <clears throat> goes drive-by awry. Drive-by shooting, you know. Yeah. That, but that'll, but yeah. the alternative is to stay home and... And not live. And, and go broke. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so you go to work. You know. So the question to ask Susan is why is your cholesterol high? And it's all the things you mentioned, Dr. Hoffman. Is it fatty liver? Is it overweight? Is it metabolic syndrome? Is it diabetes? All of genetic. these reasons or simply genetic. could cause yeah, yeah. high cholesterol. Yeah. And it's not always amenable to diet. It can be. We've seen really remarkable reductions we in do. cholesterol in property. Especially diet. with the raising of HDL and the lowering of triglycerides. Yeah. Which is huge, and the pattern, the the particle yeah. of LDL yeah. becoming more pattern A. Diet has the enormous ability, impact uh, of changing and all of o- that for and the o- better. And did I mention inflammation? You know, using yes. a C-reactive protein, a highly sensitive uh, C-reactive protein, right. to determine if your arteries are under the threat of inflammation. Yeah, that's an important part of the equation too, because in somebody who has high cholesterol, but they have a lo- a very nice. Uh, CRP, mm-hmm. uh, I'm less prone to, to say you need a cholesterol True. lowering drug. True. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I, I hope this was informative. I don't mean to rebuke this person, <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think it's a teachable moment when people say, uh, the doctor says I need to go on a cholesterol lowering drug. What can I take instead? Let's at least talk about the supplements indicated. Bergamot. Okay. Bergamot is good. Right. Right. Uh, do you still, uh, what do you think of panathene anymore? Panathene is a weak cholesterol lowerer. I think you have to take a lot. Uh, and then again, you know, some of these things that lower cholesterol, like niacin, do they actually reduce the risk of heart attack or dying? Yeah. And what with niacin, there was a disappointing study which kind of put the, you know, put the kibosh on niacin as a cardiovascular protectant because uh, they developed a niacin that was flush free mm-hmm. and then they used it on people and they found that while it did lower cholesterol dramatically, even raised HDL, it did not lower the uh, uh, mortality. Risk, the risk. Wow. Uh, a risk. So it. So that didn't work. Here's another aspect to it: is uh, look at LP little a, because even that's people with one. pretty good cholesterol, if you have a very high LPA, that's a danger signal, and right. that is, much more so than LDL. Yeah, yeah, more so. And that's that's yeah. in the research yeah, yeah. of late, which is fascinating. 
So, Susan, we're finding out more and more. The, the question to ask is, why is it high? So, And one of the reasons, I think that about, I think maybe around 10% of my visits in the office are from people with precisely this predicament. Hi, I've been told I need to be on a statin. What say you, Dr. Hoffman? And what can I do, you know, even if I do need a statin, isn't there more to it than just taking a pill? Is, aren't there more measures I can take to protect myself? There and that's, go. people come in for that. Right, 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 right. right. As you as yeah. as yeah. as they do with you. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Susan, for that question. Yeah, that was a really thought-provoking question. All right, a good point. Which to pause because we want to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to message you with this important information. So here goes. Listen up. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors because they are the impetus behind the fact that intelligent medicine is a free resource to you. So they're yes. very important to us and we endorse them fully. Uh, they are perfectly consonant with uh, our viewpoints about health and nutrition. So now back to our questions. We've got one from Carol. Dr. Hoffman, I'm interested in your thoughts on using pycnogenol for treating long COVID. Mm-hmm. Especially, uh, she recently heard this on an interview. Uh, there was a study of about 60 participants who experienced some relief of long COVID symptoms after taking it for three months. I, I, she doesn't send us a link I to any of this. I haven't seen the trial. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope that it's a good trial because long COVID tends to remit anyway if it's a, what's called an open trial where a bunch of people were given that and then a few months later they were asked if they feel better. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's conclusive. It should release right. a, a double-blind placebo-controlled trial. Exactly. Uh, but and people who are taking something to fix something, yeah. they will more often... Yeah. Feel the benefit. That's why they get placebos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what I will say, though, is that Mm -hmm. it's plausible in the sense that long COVID may have a circulatory component. Uh, Mm -hmm. We now know that COVID is Mm -hmm. not just a respiratory disease, it's a circulatory disease. Mm -hmm. And that's why they give people blood thinners when they come down with severe COVID. Yeah. of the uh, I just talked to a patient who said that they had COVID. I said, well, what did, what did you do for it? He said, well, I called my primary. My primary care said, uh, I'll send you a prescription for an antibiotic, which I'm not sure made sense. Uh, and there was no antiviral, but said, take a baby aspirin every day for 30 days because there is a higher risk of blood clots. And actually, that might be warranted for people to take the vaccine because uh, mm. the vaccine has been causing blood clots in some instances. What would you say to, instead of baby aspirin, natokinase? Yeah, yeah. Well, natokinase, by the way, natokinase rates very highly on listservs of people who suffer from long COVID. Yes, yes. They, they were asked to rate the supplements which made a difference for them. And this is subjective, of course. You know, this is not a formal study. But yeah. uh, in terms of a 
survey, mm-hmm. natokinase is up there, and even more so, I think, than pycnogenol. But they mm-hmm. yeah, have some similarities. Uh, pycnogenol is a circulatory enhancer, and natokinase uh, might break up microclots, which are thought to yeah. be the basis for long COVID, but also vaccine injuries. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, Carol, thank you for that. Pycnogenol can I take pycnogenol. Yeah. Yeah. That's good for circulation. And good for brain. Yeah. You know. All of that blood pressure. Yes, sir. As well. Okay. Thank you, Carol. We've got one from Sandy. Uh, I need an unbiased opinion. Mm. And I know that you will give me one. Oh, well, Dr. thank you Hoffman. for your confidence. <laughs> I have SIBO. And I've been treated by a functional doctor and a gastro doctor with no results. The only thing I haven't tried is Rifaximin, which is the generic of Zyfaxin. Right. Since it's not covered by insurance, I can get Rifaximin from Canada yeah, at a very reasonable cheaper. price. You get it from Canada or India, yeah. it's much cheaper. Would this be something that I should consider? I really appreciate everything that you do, Sandy. Well, the answer is... Uh, it might be worth a try, although I think the results with Rifaximin are transient. You know, they can, it, it temporarily gets rid of the bad bacteria, but they, they often come back. Yes. So uh, I think it's an incomplete treatment without diet. Changes. Changes uh, sometimes, uh, herbs. Yeah. You know. But I'm not, you know, this, this thing of, I have SIBO, this is my problem. It may be that you know, all these treatments for SIBO were misdirected. Yeah. So it could be that her, quote, IBS might be due to other causes. Right. Well, it could be due to other causes, right? Yeah. So the SIBO test is very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing more and more... The breath test. The breath for test. For hydrogen and methane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, sometimes for hydrogen sulfide. Right. Right. That's- so uh, a great SIBO diet, at least for the short term, because... We don't want people on a low FODMAPs diet forever and ever and ever. There's some very important foods there to be eating that support your microbiome. I'm not a fan of the idea of long-term FODMAP diet, mm-hmm. like for, for six months mm-hmm. or something like that. For people with intractable SIBO, however, specific carbohydrate diet has gotten some very, yes, it takes it, it takes very it one step further, yeah. results. Oh, and you know what? Speaking of specific carbohydrate diet, I was very happy to see, for those of you who saw that the breaking the vicious cycle dot info link has been broken or not not you oh. not uh, in existence for a while. Oh, wow. It's come back. Uh-huh. It's come back and even better than ever. So it's been reinstated. Oh, those okay. of you on specific carbohydrate diet, whether it's for SIBO, whether it's for Crohn's, whether it's for colitis or intractable diarrhea. It's breaking the vicious cycle. You know, I interviewed the, the info. I interviewed the late uh, Elaine Gottschall in yeah. the day because yeah. you know, I've been doing the radio program since the '80s, and she was around in the '90s. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed her. She's the author of Breaking the Vicious Cycle, the originator of this thing. Yeah, because I remember I was giving a handout to our patients with IBD, and they call me and say, "Hey, you know, this link doesn't work. This Breaking the Vicious Cycle dot info, and it, and it didn't." Mm-hmm. for a period of time, but now it's back up, and it's changed. It's obviously changed. It's been uh, more updated uh, in terms of its look, in terms of uh, how you're able to navigate it. Uh, a, I was looking at it early this morning. I was very happy to see it. Speaking of resources for, for low FODMAP diet, maybe you're aware of this, 
there's a there's the FODMAP app. They have an app. Right. MonashFODMAP.com. It was Monash University in, in Australia, Australia yeah. where this was developed. Yeah. Uh, there's and another... Th- this is under, excuse me, yeah. this is under a doctor named Gibson. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think it's Gibson because Mel Gibson from Australia, I think the guy's name was Dr. Gibson. No relation, probably. But he... Uh, was he he formulated something called Gibson's pr- uh, paradox, which mm-hmm. is, yes, you want to reduce the bacterial proliferation in your gut so there's less gas formation and bubble, bubble, toil and trouble. Yeah. But as you mentioned earlier, uh, this actually is re- results in the reduction in short chain fatty acids. Yes. Which is not that healthy for the gut. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Uh, and that's the result we see in certain reports of the microbiome seeing not enough uh, short-chain fatty acids. So we need more resistant starch. We need to reinstate those very, very healthy foods. There's another website by a doctor. I don't remember her first name. Starts with an A. Is it C. Decker? Seibecker, yeah. Seibecker, who also talks about Mm -hmm. um, a SIBO diet. But she leans more towards the specific carbohydrate diet, interestingly. Yeah. So that's really something. I remember we first, I first found out about specific carbohydrate diet for SIBO. We had one patient, a young man, who had very, very, very intractable SIBO. It just wouldn't go away. Mm -hmm. And his primary symptom was nausea, just really, really bad nausea. Low FODMAPs diet didn't do anything for him. And on his own, he found specific carbohydrate diet and voila. See, oh, we learned, we so learned went, from our patients. He went, he went a little step further. He, he went he further, yeah. He reduced uh, all fermentable grains. Right. And, uh, you know, that Potatoes made it a step necessary. and yeah. chickpeas and... It's essentially low carb. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it permits certain dairy. specific carbohydrates, yeah. True, true. Which is our, our, our one of our primary treatments for mm-hmm. ulcerative colitis Crohn's. Yes. All right, we have any additional questions? We have, let's see here. Yes, my name is Aaliyah, and I'd like to know how to lower my arachidonic acid levels and boost my EPA, DHA. My level of arachidonic acid is so high, I don't know what to do. Well, arachidonic acid is not always a bad player. It's generally thought that arachidonic acid um, it is a precursor to inflammatory leukotrienes and uh, EPA and Mm -hmm. omega-3s are uh, precursors to anti-inflammatory leukotrienes, but it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, So... uh, It's not that simple because you want the right amount of arachidonic acid to address inflammation in the body. It's supposed to be there, but you don't want too much. And that's often caused from a very poor diet full of a lot of inflammatory o- omega-6 fats it's an omega, coming from it's an vegetable omega-6. and seed yeah. mm-hmm. oils, coming from a very grain-based diet. You know, people that are calling the plant-based diet, a lot of vegan diets, unfortunately, there's a lot of this uh, particular, uh, these so, vegetable oils. So the, the main in. food sources of arachidonic acid are meat, poultry, eggs, fish, and dairy foods, which actually... Uh, they don't translate to arachidonic acid in the body. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the ways to 
interrupt the synthesis of arachidonic acids to take a lot of EPA. Yes. EPA will block the synthesis of arachidonic acid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eating meat, poultry, eggs is not going to cause your arachidonic acid to go high. It's the eating of the other refined carbs. It's the grain-based diet that we're talking about that can promote a lot of high arachidonic acid, so, unless you're eating very poor, poor quality meat. This is actually one of the reasons that I'm a little bit um, wary of some functional medicine testing, because it'll give patients and their practitioners notions that are actually not that actionable uh, or beneficial. Mm -hmm. So when you just say, well, my test is high in arachidonic acid, it puts you in a dither because what can I do to fix that? Because I'm doomed, I'm going to get inflammation and heart disease. Well, it turns out that uh, arachidonic acid is an essential uh, fatty acid. It's an absolute requirement for the functioning of the body. Yes, prostaglandins uh, and everything. Yeah, so yeah. It, it is, um, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a uh, push-pull on arachidonic acid. Right. So. Uh, I would I would look at this person's overall health. True. Uh, it, it's actually not an essential. It's a conditionally essential yeah. uh, fatty we, acid. We would look for other markers of inflammation, right? To see if it kind of is consistent with a, yeah. a very high arachidonic Yeah, acid. but there's, it's not just like you have a lot of arachidonic acid and you're going to, of necessity, have a lot of inflammation. Mm -hmm. It depends on a lot of other things. True. So, um... True. And of interest is, here's a little factor, because I'm looking it up. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, the uh, cannabinoids, yes. well, one of them is called anandamide. And anandamide actually comes from a word in, uh, I guess it's in the, uh, is it the Buddhist tradition? Ananda, which is Ananda, joy yeah. and ecstasy, mm -hmm. ananda. And, and arachidonic acid is a precursor to anandamide. Wow. So you don't have enough, you, if you don't have any arachidonic acid, you might not have enough joy sure. and ecstasy. Hey, Aaliyah, I wonder if you're a very joyful person. <laughs> <laughs> she has a lot. That's pretty, that's interesting. A, uh, yeah. Arachidonic acid promotes the repair and growth of skeletal muscle. Arachidonic acid is one of the most abundant fatty acids in the brain. Uh, it's also involved in early neurological development. Um, da, 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 da. So too too much is not acid. good. Too Some much is, is not good. good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there's even the suggestion that uh, dietary supplementation of arachidonic acid was proposed for the early stages of Alzheimer's, but, you know, probably not uh, really, um, you know, meaningful. In, I'm looking at Wikipedia, which is not always the most reliable source, but no. looks like a science, mm -hmm. a sciencey guy wrote this. Increased consumption of arachidonic acid will not cause inflammation during normal metabolic conditions mm. unless lipid peroxidation products are mixed in. Okay, lipid peroxidation products are oxidized, you know, essentially uh, rancid fats. Yeah, yeah. Rancid fats like that 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 uh, dish of nuts sitting in the candy jar for months and months and months, those would be rancid fats. For example, they they actually have said there are clinical studies of arachidonic acid supplementation hmm. because they thought it might be good, uh, but anyway, interesting. But some amount of arachidonic acid is necessary yeah. for the body to yeah. deal right. with inflammation. So, in hmm. a simplistic way, arachidonic acid bad, omega three is good, but that's too simplistic. Right. Right. I think we're running out of our uh, allotted 
time. Our biological clock is rapidly ticking, so it's time to uh, it's time okay. to tip off. So, uh, reminder that uh, you can take advantage of everything Intelligent Medicine has to offer. Follow our Intelligent Medicine podcast on your favorite podcast app, and you can get it on your smart speaker these days. Get new episodes every weekday. You can uh, find me, not Layla, although her articles are yeah. on, on Facebook and Twitter. Yes, you're she, my agent. <laughs> she prudently uh, keeps herself I keep uh, away from out social of those media. Yeah. time suck modalities. Mm. And uh, you can subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter. You know, we had like this patient today. He didn't even know we had a newsletter. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we had to tell him. And yeah, we did, and we signed him up. Okay, so go to DearHoffman.com, sign up for the newsletter. It's free. If you don't yep. want to read it, you know, just, you know, don't. But it'll yeah. come into your inbox on a regular basis, and there's lots of useful resources there, including articles by you, Layla. Yes, yes. You Good can stuff. read it all there. All right. Thanks for joining us. Until next week, I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.